0: Svenska PC Gamer Och hjärtligt välkomna ska ni vara till det 21 avsnittet av Spelrum, en podcast av och med svenska PC-gamer som ikväll har Star Wars-feber. Och det är inte så konstigt med tanke på att vi inom de närmaste månaderna har rätt mycket Star Wars att se fram emot. Dels så har vi givetvis den nionde episoden av Skywalker-sagan, men också den kommande serien The Mandalorian samt givetvis action-äventyret Jedi Fallen Order. Så det är mycket Star Wars just nu och därför så kommer vi att viga hela det här avsnittet åt hela franchisen. Men det kommer vi inte göra ensamma, men det kommer vi till alldeles strax. För vi som ska prata Star Wars ikväll, det är jag, Rickard Olsson, som vanligt. Och med mig så har jag mina kära kollegor, Fredrik Eriksson. Hello! Och Mats Nylund. Tja! Uh, men vi är långt ifrån ensamma, uh, för vi har nämligen den stora äran att ha med oss en gäst ikväll. Uh, och nu kommer jag att skifta över till engelska, uh, because our guest tonight is a true renaissance man, he's a popular YouTube star, he's a musician, he's a prolific actor, and he's a very nice, kind of man for taking his time to be with us uh, on this episode. Uh, our guest today is none other than Indy Nidell, Welcome!
1: Well, thank you, thank you very much, guys. That was that was a fantastic intro. Wow, I was wondering what you were going to say. Yeah, about I me. didn't get an intro like that. So oh, okay, okay. Well, back <laughs> it up, take it back. Okay, let's say. Okay, let's see. Mats is fun at parties. He's a good dancer. Um, Mats, Okay. That, no, that's that's good. Okay, there you go. Okay, that's your intro. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, are you what? Are you not fun at parties? Are you not a good dancer? I could say that if you. Prefer. Well, one
2: out of two, I'd say. <laughs>
1: Okay. Ooh, and we'll never know which. <laughs> nope.
2: <laughs> Unless you invite me to a party, of course. Uh, Matt is also very enigmatic.
0: Yeah. Okay. No, no. Yeah. Three
1: things. That's three things. That's what I got. Three things. So the same as you.
0: Friedrich. Friedrich. Friedrich there's nothing good to say about Friedrich. So let's I'm not even try. No.
1: Problematic <laughs> isn't a good thing. <laughs> it depends.
0: Friedrich. Friedrich has some some pretty serious misunderstandings about what constitutes positive personality traits.
1: I love that sentence. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> now that we speak in English, I, I sort of feel the
2: urge to refer to him as Freddy, though.
1: Ooh, okay.
2: Freddy. Ooh. Freddy. Yeah.
1: I like
0: that. Okay. Or, or yeah, yeah, let's go for that. Freddy. Freddy. Okay, um, cool. Freddy. Uh, but uh, let's introduce you a little bit, Indy. Yeah. Uh, you are the creator of the very popular YouTube series, The Great War.
1: That is true. Uh, which I
0: believe has got... Uh, your about around a million subscribers. It's not well. It
1: was, I started the channel because it followed the First World War. For those who don't know, uh, in real time, week by week, exactly a hundred years later. So the channel started uh, July twenty eighth, uh, two thousand fourteen, the, the day that uh, Austria Hungary declared war on Serbia a hundred years later, and we did the whole war, and it it, it ended up at a mil- it hit a million subscribers last December, and that is right when I left the channel because I wanted to do the war. And a couple epilogues. Now, the production company, because it was kind of a cash cow, they didn't want to just close up shop. So they're doing some post-war stuff now with another host, but I have nothing to do with that. I I left. Um, I I wanted to write, research, and host the war. So I did that. And then, since I wanted to do something else after that, I started World War One. Okay, well, Hitler started, you started World War, war Two. Oh my God! I started World War Two. I started World War Two the same way. Okay, World War Okay, last uh. September I started World War Two. Last September, and that's taken off big. That's been—it's only a year old, and it's closing in on four hundred thousand subscribers after just the first year, which is well. I mean, I guess people knew who I was from the first one, but um, yeah. So that's going well. So yeah, yeah that's what I've been doing.
2: It's not too shabby. So you're basically the uh, uh, Dan Carlin of YouTube.
1: I am basically the Dan Carlin of YouTube. I could not argue with that comparison because I love Dan Carlin. Um, we're both very <laughs> well aware of each other's work. We could not fail to be because people write to both of us every single week or day and say, have you heard of Dan Carlin or have you heard of Indian <laughs> Idol? <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, I, he's Dan Carlin's great. Yeah. Um, I, I present things very differently from him, which is cool because if we were doing the same thing, then there might be
2: it'd be a bit redundant
1: a rivalry or something yeah but we do something we do something very different and it was fun doing what you really got from doing the the first world war i mean it took four and a half years to cover the war and like there were people that wrote in saying i was still in junior high when this channel when i started watching this channel and now i'm going to university and the war's still going so you get you really get the sense of the actual mm. monotony of death and the monotony of the endless endless war which was a I thought a good way was a new way to present uh, a war. So now I'm doing something that's going to take longer, which is unusual for me to ever have a job that lasts that long because I tend to work in projects like with voices or acting or music or things like
0: that. Yeah, and you uh, you also do uh, Sabaton history with yeah, I, uh, the band Sabaton.
1: Sure. Um, the band the metal band Sabaton, since all of their songs, not all in their whole history, but all since like 2002, have to do with military history, um, they actually had the idea for what would be a YouTube channel in like 2004, where they would talk about the, the music story and the weirdness about one of their songs, and some historian would tell the actual story of what it's about. So that's how we, we pick a different song every week, and I tell the story behind it and how their lyrics are right and what they got wrong, and they don't mind that. And then they tell either interesting or funny or weird stuff about the song itself and about it. The writing process or the touring it or something weird about each one yeah and that's that's got taken off pretty good too that's a that's a fun channel
0: so you've got a lot of stuff but i, I just want to ramble off a couple of cool facts about you that okay I happen to know uh you also uh, you were in money brother
1: i was in. i was the original keyboard player for money brother uh but i did leave money brother when did i leave like 14 or 15 years ago i left in like 2004 i left during the second album uh, and you know, it's funny because back then I wanted to play with like you know the newest, coolest you know bands, that's what I wanted to do then. And now I think getting uh, nowadays I've gone exactly as far the other direction as you can go because I was touring with Uwe Turnquist this year, I was his keyboard player at his 90th birthday tour. So I think I've gone from one <laughs> extreme to the other. So, which is you know, it's fun. You know, that's Uwe was still a lot of fun to tour with. I mean, I, I like touring, I hop in and tour with with several different bands at different times. Uh,
0: it's really cool to to tour with Overturned Quest.
1: Yes. I feel. Mm. Do you know what th- the thing is he's really funny. It's a piece of a legend and but even if we we're playing in like in like Gothenburg uh because Uwe's 90 there's a lot of young fans but there's a lot of old fans. So the show is at like 5 or 5:30. So I sleep in my own bed <laughs> in Stockholm even though I'm on tour. I always slept in my own bed. <laughs> So it was the weirdest tour, but it was really fun. Uh and That's we, the best best of both worlds. I, I know, because I yeah, I spent a lot of time and money in and on my bed. So uh yeah. <laughs> no, but uh That's pretty and, awesome. it was supposed to be Uva's last shows ever. It was Festo Final, it was called. And we started off at Circus, the three shows at Circus in Stockholm to stock start, uh, start the whole thing. But his wife Barrett, um, she's much younger than him, she's eighty. And she's, oh, right. his ma- she's his manager and she sat us down and said, when Uva's at home and he's got like a show coming up soon, he's like working on things he's going to say and making set lists and running over songs and writing new harmonica solos and stuff. And when he doesn't have a show to look forward to, he's a 90 year old guy. So you guys have to keep playing shows. So I think we'll be doing more shows with Uwe Turnquist.
0: Before we move on from Uwe Turnquist, I do want to say it's very cool to be the linking factor between Uwe Turnquist and Sabaton.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I, I didn't even think of that. So those are the two bands I've worked with most this year is Uwe Turnquist and Sabaton. Wow.
0: So like in, in, a, in a six degrees of Kevin Bacon way, they yeah. are one step removed.
1: <laughs> w- Uwe Turnquist is one step from Sabaton. That's so cool. Ah, thanks. Thanks for pointing that out. I hadn't thought of that. Uh I am an actor <laughs> as well though. That I'm I do, you know, well, obviously a lot of YouTube and I'll do I do commercials more than I do film or TV, but more than anything I do I do a lot of voiceovers, which I've done since I was twenty and I started doing radio stuff. I was um you know all those Carlsberg commercials like all the Carlsberg, probably the best beer in the world. Those were all me like like ten, twelve years ago. Like that, that was you that was me <laughs> that was did it not sound like me that was me <laughs> <laughs> well it sounded like it when you just did it yeah yeah that's that's <laughs> because it's me that did the voice so i can sound just like it whenever i want you see no i had in sweden i've done a lot of voice stuff i did all of the all of the ads between shows well all the male voice ads between shows for nordic mtv for like 15 years And it's funny because for a few years, they wanted me to be like British English and a few years they wanted to be American English and then a few years Swedish, but with a really strong American accent, you know, so they just sort of changed the voices. I do a lot of characters and accents, a lot of weird voices and stuff. But
0: yeah, I just want to run through a couple of your uh, your uh, credits when it comes to video games specifically, because you have some pretty cool ones. Yeah,
1: yeah. if you look them up online, there's a lot that aren't listed online. There's a lot that because I never bother updating the IMDb stuff, But go ahead and see what you've <laughs> that's, got that's,
0: there. <laughs> that's fair enough. I've only got a small list here from uh, Moby Games. Uh, but you're in both the Vermintide games. Yeah. You play Skaven in yeah. those games. Yeah. Uh, you were also in one of my uh, a game that that's close to my heart. Drake of the Ninety Nine Dragons. Okay, that was a while ago. Yeah, that's a a while ago. ago. I had no idea that you were in that, and I I only found that out as I was looking up your credits. If you had asked me now about
1: games, I would have forgotten about that one because I was thinking about because I've done I've done at least ten or fifteen games over the last two decades, and so there are ones that I'm going to forget.
0: No, absolutely certain that this isn't the whole thing but i think primarily the thing we're going to be touching on today is the fact that you uh do some voices for star wars battlefront 2 yes and i, I believe think- you've worked with uh with those developers before as well haven't you
1: i have um when they were doing when uh when dice and ea was doing uh battlefield battlefield one the first world war thing i they consulted me for help with all the all the uh codecs and stuff, so I wrote a lot of the codecs for that, but I didn't do any voices or anything for that, and that was them getting in touch with me again because I had done works for them for for what was it called God, yeah. I shouldn't be swearing now it's two thousand six or so it'll come to me in a second. It was their fight game before that it was the war game I did like I do like all the soldiers like hanging out when they were relaxing, lot like one would we'll be like hanging out, patient gum, talking to another one like that <laughs> that'd be. Things they'd be doing like that had all the soldiers from all different parts of America. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> and I always forget the name of it. And it's so, mm, but I have a plaque on the wall in the other room with the name of it. <laughs> so, are we uh, talking like
2: Bad
0: Company or?
1: that's what it was. It was Bad Company. Right. Exactly. It was uh, Bad Company. I
0: should say Thank the Matz is, uh, is the big Battlefield fan Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: And so. I loved Bad Company for, well, mainly because it had a story.
1: Yeah. Well, it was, and then it was fun. That was the first thing I did with DICE EA. And then, uh, so Stefan Strandberg, who was the creator of, uh, Battlefield 1, um, who happened to direct the voices for, with me for, for Bad Company, he was looking around, uh, for World War One stuff. And he's like, he found the Great War. And it was just when it started. He's like, are you, are you effing kidding me? That's, okay, cool. <laughs> and, then, and he goes, Hey, did Hey, Stefan. Hey, Stefan. And I thought he was calling me about voices. So he goes, no, no, no. So, uh, yeah. So that's how I ended up doing Codex for, uh, for Battlefield 1, of course.
0: Cool. You know? oh, that's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And, and obviously, uh, it leads us into talking about the main topic for today, which sadly is not overturned, Chris. That'll oh. be a, a different episode. <laughs> uh, but we are talking about Star Wars. Uh, yeah. And uh, I figured a good way to lead us into that is to pe- uh, peel it back a little bit and talk about our own personal history with this uh, franchise. Okay. Let's, uh, let's let let F- uh, Freddy start, uh, start us off mm, uh, on this. Uh, what's your relationship and history uh, with uh, the Star Wars franchise?
3: The history, it uh, it, it it's like, like with many in my age, it's the Star Wars episode four. I started watching it a long time ago, a long time before I could read the English subtitles. I just watched it over and over again and then I learned that there was an episode well for me it was an episode two but it an episode five and that was mind-blowing
0: <laughs> when was totally this how, how old how what, what age was this
3: oh I had I'm like five six years old or something oh so yeah yeah you uh, started the episode yep and then I learned about the um, the episode five and episode six and all that and yeah
0: so you've you've uh you've carried star wars with you for most of your life
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure.
0: Well, how do you I feel about played... uh, how do you feel about the, the franchise today?
3: I'm one of the few who actually love, 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 love uh, the Lost Jedi.
0: I love
3: yeah. it.
1: Me too. Yeah, I, I'm not right. gonna argue with it. I thought it was <laughs> brilliant. I, I'm I'm
3: with you. I'm with yeah. you. And I watched it before I read all of the those weird critique, which I never understood. But yeah, so. I'm I'm just gonna sit in my corner and love it. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well this is a, a Last Jedi friendly podcast, so uh That's really So you, nice. you're you're safe here. Yeah. Must what about movie. you?
2: Uh well I don't remember when I first saw Star Wars actually. I mean it must have been I mean I was born in seventy one, it came out in what, seventy seven? Yes. So I didn't mm. see it in a, in a cinema, but I did see it and I watched those movies over and over. And then I think it was when I moved to the US and uh, CD-ROM games started coming out and they made, what was it called? Rebel
0: Assault? Something like that? Yes, yes. The FMV one.
2: Yeah, yeah. It Really, it was pretty bad. It was dire, (laughs) to be honest. But uh, I played that over and over and I think I pretty much played every Star Wars game since and watched the movies, the TV shows, everything. (laughs) I just can't get enough of that
0: universe, you know? Yeah, that, that's the point I think- uh, because, uh, uh, sorry for interrupting, but I just uh, wanted to say that while this is obviously a gaming podcast first, I feel like with Star Wars, it is such a synergetic franchise that it's kind of difficult to separate the games from the films because they both mm-hmm. had such an impact on each other throughout yeah. the entirety yeah. of the uh, the series, really.
2: Yeah, I mean, they were one of the first to actually sort of, maybe accidentally to begin with, created some sort of, coherent universe around the movies Mm -hmm. and and also i just love the aesthetics i mean the it's the same thing as in the aliens movies with all the Mm. like the retro futuristic bits with Mm -hmm. the big buttons and the dirt and all that kind of stuff i love how everything just looks a little bit old even though obviously it's meant to be uh, yeah, I like everything's a bit janky. It's, it's not nothing shiny
1: and new. Yeah, but even in the, you know, and even though the things that they used to like target, like you know, target like an enemy ship on the Falcon or in a Tie Fighter, the little you know green screen with a white checkered you know, which in 1977 was high technology. I like that they continued using that later on because that's the technology. Even though they had lasers and lightsabers and things like that, and and, and, and hyperspace and stuff, it was still. That same green, you know, very low-res, low-tech thing just to have the ca- continuity. I, I really I really like that. I really like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, me yeah. too. I mean, it's a fantastic universe. I mean, it's, it's one you'd want to live in, basically. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Be a scary universe to live in, though. <laughs> well, Probably, unless you're like a Jedi <laughs> or something.
2: If you're not bait. the protagonist, you're going to be screwed. But
1: you know what's convenient <laughs> about that universe? Like... All you have to do is pick what kind of weather you like, and then move to that planet that has that weather, (laughs) because (laughs) planets don't have multiple weather systems. Like, man, you know what? I really like it in the far north. Move to Hoth. Okay, great. Problem solved. It's an ice planet. (laughs) There you go. It's not the partly ice planet. No, no, no.
3: (laughs) The the risk is that the Empire maybe is going to blow that planet up, but hey.
0: A a complete random, yeah, they'll just (laughs) evaporate. Yeah,
2: no, I I love that. I mean, like it's so cliche, like the forest moon of Endor, like an entire moon covered in forest and nothing else. (laughs)
1: Tatooine, well, you know, I mean, the big job there is moisture farming because it's all desert. The entire planet is desert and people still live there
0: why i don't know
2: because there must be other planets it'd be better to
0: live on but well but i kind there's... of love that with i love that with with the series actually is that it pretty much immediately kind of highlights that there's actually like some really crummy aspects of this universe like you see luke's life and it's like it's it's comfortable enough but it's he's a moisture farmer yeah. He has no you know he's he's no yeah, no, no future to speak of yeah no. exactly no. and i like that it kind of goes there it's not it doesn't do the the kind of the harry potter route of everything being magical everywhere you know in some way like now it just kind of sucks if you live on tatooine for the majority of people it's just kind of crime ridden and boring and you know and i kind of love everything's everything's very clearly labeled
2: i mean there's no there's no gray here there's just black and white yeah like the big bad guy has a black cape and a black evil helmet (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it's
0: cliche but it works
1: did you yeah, ever did things... you ever see Carl Sagan talk about um Star Wars when he was on Johnny Carson just after oh came that out? is
0: beautiful that is a beautiful yeah clip. yeah
1: I, I so see everybody you you can look it up on Google or YouTube look up Carl Sagan Johnny Carson it's absolutely fantastic the points he makes, especially his first point is at, at the end of at the end of Star Wars I call the first one Star Wars the fourth one first one um when everybody gets yeah. their <laughs> awards everybody gets their awards <laughs> but the Wookiee doesn't get an award. And Sagan's really nope. pissed off. He's like, this is anti-Wookiee discrimination. He did as much fighting <laughs> as everybody. Why do only the white people get awards, but the Wookiee doesn't get an award? <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a really good well, point. Well, they're a bit better about that sort of thing in the the later movies. Yeah,
0: yeah, but. sure. Yeah, they've picked
1: up on that a little bit. Uh,
0: my history is, is a slightly different because I was born in 1986. So I was born, uh, what, well, three years after the i say last movie, but the in the original yeah. trilogy was released. Uh, so I grew up with the um, the special editions, really, because they were released uh, around my sort of as I was entering into my teens. I remember that being a really big deal at the time when they were they were going to uh, re-release them into cinemas, and they had news new scenes, and they had new fancy schmancy modern computer technology to make it look even better and and that, that was kind of where i became really aware of star wars as a as a cultural thing uh we would have been what sort of mid late 90s i think would have been 96 97 i think okay um so and then obviously following that was the hype for the prequel trilogy which we have not talked about yet uh, and I don't know how much uh, we're gonna. Yeah, can we not? It's contentious. The, the, the hype
3: was the hype was a
1: beautiful thing.
3: We have to agree. The hype that. was. I
1: I, yeah. I I went. I flew to Chicago to visit a friend to go to see it when it came out. We got tickets for the mirror. I brought a, uh, like a few hundred dollars just to buy new merchandise. I still have my Darth Maul towel. My uh my my R two D two watch when you push his middle leg and it pops open tells you what time it is. My Darth Maul bag. I've got an inflatable landspeeder, an inflatable Millennium Falcon. All that I got before the phantom menace from the um,
0: you know yeah i want to say this too because i know that we have got quite a few young listeners and i want to say to you if you think that like the hype for avengers endgame was a big deal you know nothing because the hype for the (laughs) phantom menace was it was it it is impossible to describe if you weren't there it was all star wars all the time for like solid two years pretty but, much
1: but rickard you weren't there in
0: 1977 no i, didn't, I totally <laughs> t- totally get that that is also i can imagine that was a uh
1: significant
0: uh cultural event in its day
1: i think it's still the, the biggest the biggest film or television one in my entire lifetime i was 10 years old when star wars came out you can't be a better age for that
2: i must have been what six yeah i was six
1: i, I was minus six <laughs> When If you wanted to <laughs> yeah. go see Star Wars, even if you even after it had been out for like three weeks, if you wanted to go see it at four in the afternoon, you had to go at like eight in the morning and wait in the lines all around the block. And parents mm. and grandparents, different ones, would take turns taking you because you, you and all your friends were going to see it like 12 or 13 times in the theater because you didn't have cable TV. You didn't have VCRs or DVDs or anything like that. You had TV and you had movies and that was it. So you saw it yeah. in the theater again and again and again. So all all my extended family, like parents and grandparents who don't like things like that, they all saw Star Wars because they all had to take <laughs> us at least once to <laughs> Star Wars. Uh, no, it was the, it was the ultimate game changer. I mean, science fiction and fantasy stuff before that had been like like if you look at Space nineteen ninety nine, that was the big. Uh, sci-fi fantasy tv show in the early and mid 70s that was the ultimate technology stuff. before that and then you look at star wars and it's literally like like 50 years apart not like two years apart the technology between them the uh, and space 1999 if you look at it now you go ah it's really cheesy it wasn't cheesy then we thought it was really cool and then came Star Wars, which yeah. was which was mo- which was the first modern. It looks modern now. You look at the Death Star; it still looks like the Death Star. You know, no, sure that, that had, nobody had ever seen anything like that before. Man, everybody, now, all the girls, all the guys, everybody could still quote Star Wars. Everybody I grew up with.
0: And it's complete. You you make a point there. It's it's completely ageless. Like if you watch the first one now, it doesn't feel cheesy or really that much off its time. No, even though it very much was. But it like you don't look at that now and think, "Oh wow, yeah, this is really aged." In the same way that like I I'm I'm obviously I'm a massive uh, fan of the original Star Trek series.
1: Yeah, me too. uh, And
0: I love that. I love that. But you look at it and you know that this was made in the sixties. Like it's just. It's so obviously like sixties, seventies yeah. production values yeah, and everything. It was pretty but, progressive back then, but now it looks a little dated. Oh god, yeah, yeah. But even then it was it was cheaply made. Like, you know, yeah. so But you, Space nineteen ninety
1: nine was expensive. It was, you know, and yeah. and you, you I'm sure you guys will check some of it out on YouTube or something. That was we thought that was the best you could do. And then came Star Wars, which is so light years ahead of it. You're right, Rickard. You're Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right.
2: Yeah. I remember watching Space 1999. I'd stay up late at night and like, sneak into the living room to watch it while my parents were asleep.
0: Yeah. And I thought, that was the coolest thing ever. And then came yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love all of the millennials listening to this going just like, Space 1999? What? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't born then.
1: <laughs> hey, but you know, I will say this. Despite everything in Star Wars, the single coolest thing in the entire history of the world... And the thing that I am still the most scared of, and the most awed of, even though as a grown-up now I understand how impractical and perhaps not as useful it, it might be if I had one, is Imperial walkers. Is AT-ATs. I will never, ever forget that moment when you—the first time I saw *Empire Strikes Back*. So it's 1980. So now I'm like 13, right? And when when they're in when they're in the bunker and in, in, in the in, in the ice planet Hoth, and they hear this. And like little gravel or bits fall off the ceiling, boom. boom, They're like, "What's that?" And you first see them over the horizon through the binoculars. Man, I still get chills talking about it. I think yeah, that's, I'm getting mm, goosebumps uh, uh, right
2: people, now. Just
3: listen to it,
1: man. Man, walkers yeah. are the coolest thing ever, ever.
3: I, I have to say, the worst moment in the original trilogy is. Uh, the Return of the Jedi when one of the Ewoks gets—that's what
1: I was gonna say too—and it's like a minute and a half.
3: Like they look at him. I was like, no, 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 no,
0: Someone made a point. There was someone on on Cracked who made a point that that Ewok dying might be the only character in the original trilogy that dies and stays dead that you like is our actual character. Because like yeah. almost everyone else comes back as a force ghost or something, but that character no, he just he, he's just dead. That
3: Ewok should be in the end scene with Obi Wan and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: and Anakin, and yeah, yeah, yeah he should be and there. Then, and Anakin would I mean, be looking over, going, "Who the hell are you?" And he'd be like, <laughs> "Jump, jump!" Get, <laughs> just get Hayden Christensen
0: yeah. in to record uh, like a like a spit take of
1: of that. <laughs> that would be brilliant. Uh, but wait a second, Uncle Ben and Aunt Beru. I mean, you know they didn't oh, come
0: back oh okay yeah okay mm. that's okay yeah that's fair enough but still okay so it's them and the, the Ewok okay, are the uh, not the yeah. only ones yeah uh, they should they
3: should do uh, another movie with uh, with those just three. those three to yeah. bring them all back
0: yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah Star, Star Wars <laughs> <In the> afterlife <laughs> We have talked now for almost half an hour about uh, this. Is basically still the intro, so God knows how long we're gonna carry this Should on. Should we do something but, about games? Uh, maybe. I feel like okay. I feel like the the listeners may have picked up on that. We're all pretty big Star Wars fans, and we kind of we were kind of talking about your uh, you working on uh, Battlefield, oh sorry, yeah. Battlefront. Okay. 2. Uh, so you you do some voices on that, and uh, that's the most recent Star yeah. Wars game. So I feel like we could probably kind of walk. Chronologically backwards into the history of Star Wars okay. games.
1: Shall I walk into the voices for that? How that happened, or
0: it's it sounds like a great way to do it
1: because I'd done, you know, they knew I did voices and stuff, and I knew a bunch of people at EA and stuff, and I got a call from them. It was just, what was it spring springtime two or three years ago, like six or seven months before the game came out. Um, I got a call saying, "Hey, um, the new Star Wars game. Um, we want you to come in and do some placeholder voices for it." Now I've done this before because of for I mean like you know Billy D. Williams is gonna do Lando, people are doing their own voices. They have as many of the regular actors, you know, from the films doing their own their own voices. And but those are actor actors, they're not voice actors. And I've done plenty of placeholder things before where I'll come in and I'll do I'll do it because the timing is different when you're just acting and nobody can see you than if you're on stage or on camera, right? So that's why they have a voice actor doing the placeholder voices so that Billy D or whoever will copy my timing, but with his voice. That's the idea from the beginning, right? I've done it before. No problem. Fun day. I went in, I, you know, I did like, you know, did Yoda and Billy Dee. I did like, It's like 15 or 20 characters, including females and stuff, because, again, they're going to redo the voices. And I was having fun with it. You know, when it was Yoda, I was "Mm, why isn't the ways of the the (laughs) forces? I was doing the characters like some of them I can do. okay. I did not get to do Darth Vader because he doesn't have a mouth. So they can change the they, you know. So, yeah, they don't have to worry about his timing. They can edit that, you know, however they like. So Mm -hmm. didn't get to do Vader. But still. It was a one-day job, three hours, well-paid. I thought nothing more of it. I get a call from them like like five or six months later, and the guy says, hey, just so you know, um, George Lucas and Lucasfilm, they really liked the uh, the placeholder voices you did. And I'm like, oh, that's nice to hear. And he goes, yep. Yeah, um, and here's the thing. There's one character in the game who's not in the movies. It's a droid who announces the hero's Uh, heroes and villains uh, battle mode where you can be like you know any hero like han solo and you can fight against the emperor right any hero versus villain um and so they said uh would you like to do the voices for that droid can you imagine saying no to that question i mean (laughs) can, can you i mean so uh and i was you know a tremble with excitement and i was like yeah yeah sure i guess i could do that sure cool <laughs> so i went in and we did that now the droid itself you won't it won't sound like well, the voice i did was very much like along these lines although he's a wisecracking droid <laughs> as well and what we did they crunched it with a metalizer and stuff so if you play the heroes versus villains you'll hear the game like that is one bounty boba fett will not collect Things like, and so, you know, they crunched it down, so it's it's all messed up, but I had fun doing it, and I did it, and I was walking away from, from the, the ICEA offices in, in Stockholm, and it suddenly struck me. I am the droid they were looking for. I mean, oh. come on, you yeah. know? so i was uh oh my god i called my mom i'm like you're not gonna believe what happened you know so yeah but now one of the guys well, i went back just a few weeks ago to do some pickup voices for the next version that's going to come out because they changed some of the lines and things and the, the, the guy said well they're kind of explaining that there was a, a they say it was in star wars in the first star Wars, like a jawa some droid thing that had a line, and I'm like, I don't remember that, and I didn't sound like that, but they're kind of saying, so it it is a character in the movie, but it was never intended to be a character in any of the movies, the droid that announces heroes versus villains. So that's my Star Wars Battlefront game story, how I got the job, and how I did it again. It was basically because I was having a lot of fun doing the placeholder voices and doing a lot of characters that they thought that was pretty cool, so have a real character.
0: Because I imagine it would be cool enough just to have played those characters even though your performances didn't weren't the final ones but you still sure. you still got to be all of those characters i know i love
1: doing voiceover shit I, I i'm i i a lot of there's plenty of voiceover guys that don't like doing placeholder voices because they're not going to be in the real thing but they are because it makes the show better because the t- the other guys wouldn't have the right timing they wouldn't the guys that aren't voice actors, the timing would be stilted or stunted. So it does make the game better what you're doing even though you don't hear you in the final thing. If you know, you do feel you in the final thing.
0: It's a, it's cool as well yeah. because you, you imagine that all of those actors will have had to listen to your performance yep. to get theirs right. So it's almost like you're teaching them how to play the classic characters that they're known for.
1: I did not think of that, but I'm Never gonna forget that you said that
0: man. <laughs> so so yeah, Billy D. Williams would will be like, No, 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 no. This is how you play Lando, and then they play your performance. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hope
1: so. I really hope so. When Billy D's like, who the hell is this guy? You know, that'd be great. Cool, cool. Well I guess yeah, I, I, I
2: didn't know they actually did that with the I mean with the placeholder voices and yeah. so it's a bit like freelancing then.
1: Kinda. I mean I, I but but for, you could do it, it in your a...
2: underpants. <laughs>
1: You can, but the industry has changed a lot the last few years. Like a lot of people have, you know, because now everybody can record stuff on their computer. So a lot of things for smaller projects and commercials have been delegated out to home computers. I think this is a bad thing, not because it affects my work and stuff. I still get the same amount of jobs. But but because without a decent, an actual director from the agency or something who, who has worked with voices, like, I'll get a call from someone saying, hey, can you leave a voice sample for this part? And I'm like, but I, what is, are they looking for a 25-year-old, a 50-year-old? Is Does he have a deep voice? Does he have a high? I mean, a voice actor does many, many different voices. And without having them directing you there in the studio, they're not going to get, you're not going to get what exactly they're looking for. So it has fragmented the field. And it's a good way because there's more people working in it. But it is a bad way in that you do get more, generic and subpar voices because you don't have a director because it costs money to bring them into the studio and hire the engineer and stuff that you can instead of doing it at home so
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah <clears throat> of course in games we've been living with like subpar voice acting forever so
1: that's true because <laughs> they haven't really the-
2: put they- the money in <laughs>
1: Well they never had the money. They put all the money in graphics and stuff, you know, so. Yeah. But uh but games games have all the games I've ever done, even going back to the 90s. They were well, of course they were in the studio in the 90s. I've never been asked to do any voices for a game thing at home. It's always because it's always like the developer cuz well of course game voices nobody's paying me to ever talk like this. It's always in some bizarre monster voice or something like that. So the direct developer wants to sit down and actually help design the voice or what he sees so that's a good thing about games is you're always in the studio for for games
0: yeah that's cool i didn't actually know that but that's uh it's an interesting insight into uh how it works uh but speaking of games have you has yeah. anyone here actually played battlefront 2 i have i haven't yeah I... didn't i didn't i review it i think i did <laughs>
2: I feel like <laughs> you should remember that.
1: I don't remember.
2: No, I, I think I was actually the yeah. only the only reviewer on all of the internet who liked the single player mode.
1: <laughs> oh, the heroes versus villains thing, or the single because I've only played, I've only been been shown and got to play a little bit of the heroes and villains. So,
2: oh, there, there's a bit of a stub of a single player campaign, and I actually quite enjoyed it.
1: Okay, huh. that's the only since I'm
3: not a multiplayer guy, the single player. Bit is the only thing I'm curious about. Yeah, that's so. me too. someday, maybe. I,
2: I thought know. it was pretty good. I mean, it, ha- it had these like unnecessarily big, drawn-out levels, but I mean, I thought the story was decent. The acting was good. And I liked it.
1: Mm-hmm. Who do? Okay, who were you? Ah, or-
2: uh, some sort of imperial super spy who
1: turns to the
0: good side, of course.
1: Okay. Oh, of course.
0: But that. But that is the. That is the most recent Star Wars games. And and I try to find a figure on how many there have been. That is basically impossible because there has been so many that yeah. it's impossible to count. Uh, that'd be a pretty big number. There have been released for about four dozen different systems since oh. 1977. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we're dealing with... We're not going to be able to even slightly scratch the surface on all the games. So I kind of feel like we should probably talk about the sort of... Um, the most memorable ones i guess the our favorites and yoda our least stories. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, yoda you stories you shut your dirty mouth <laughs> 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 let's let, let's start with yoda stories <laughs> freddy freddy start us off with that
3: <laughs> actually I, I was thinking about star wars games and i haven't played like ma- a lot a of them maybe like approximately 6 7 of them and yoda stories it, it it's got stuck in my mind for some reason. I, it was so like when you come home with something stuck on your I, shoe,
2: that kind of thing.
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> k- that kind of feeling. I was just playing it. It was like, is there something more to it? <laughs> oh, no, there isn't. So um, we should say yeah, that y-
0: Yoda stories. Again, we're talking about a game from ninety-seven, I think, or something like that.
1: Could be, maybe. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it's 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 an old game. It's kind of timeless garbage. <laughs> But how garbage was it to everyone else and to you?
3: Maybe it's like if you compare it to like, those mobile games of today which uh, microtransactions maybe something like that uh, yeah i got that feeling uh, uh, around it but you what know, about months, by if...
1: 1997 standards like like compared to like heroes heroes of might and magic or heroes 2 oh and stuff oh dear god because so, <laughs> yeah, that's because that's like, <laughs> I'm, like one of my favorite games of all time so i'm see, trying to yeah. compare the technology you know
0: let's not talk much more about yoda stories i feel like that was a that was a diversion we probably shouldn't everybody go on. out and buy it <laughs> if, i don't know if, if you can. can find it yes i i no, i uh well, there, yeah. i was i think like the i think most people will agree that the best star wars games are probably the knights of the old republic and the jedi knight games i would say yeah probably it's probably i mean I, I i'm a
2: sim guy i should probably say tie fighter which was awesome but I think I have to say the Jedi Knight I mean, games for me.
3: I mean, it's better. It's better when they when they're not based on uh, when they're, when they're not based on uh, the movies and uh, when they're their own thing. That's
0: actually a good point. Yeah, most of the the best ones are uh, original stories in the same universe uh, yeah. as is with yeah,
3: adaption.
1: No. Now I'm an I, I'm even today I'm an arcade player. I mean, since the early '80s were the great age of arcades, and, and I was the right age then. I have in my living room an arcade table, which isn't an emulator, which is the actual proper arcades of '70s, uh, '80s, and mid '80s games that I still play all the time. All three Donkey Kongs, you know, stuff like that. Mm. I, so the Star Wars arcade to me, the first one, the one in, I guess, it was '83 or '84. The vector. That by far is the game I played the most. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You the trench
2: the, run. You went, yeah, oh. see,
1: that was the trench run. Yeah. And and if you could do the trench run without firing a single shot against anyone until your proton torpedo in the exhaust pipe, you got this massive bonus. And you know, oh, I, I tried know to that. do it and I, I never did. I died every single time I because it's impossible <laughs> to do, you know, cause yeah. God, but, it, but it was worth trying. Um, that was for me to me. That's still for me. That's the prototype of all Star Wars games, even doing voices for Star Wars games. That's, you know, and again, that wasn't yeah. home. That wasn't home computing. I mean, you know, when that, the Atari like Star Wars was even by Atari standards was really shitty back then, <laughs> but you still played it because it was Star Wars and it was Atari. Yeah. yeah, I
3: remember it uh, I I didn't get a PC until like when I was 13, 14 years old, so I was stuck with like those NES games and the uh, Super Nintendo games and the those were really it, it was kind of interesting to see how they made platform games out of uh, the bar in in the episode 4. Oh and,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's like a there's like a platform level in in the Nintendo one, I remember this like a, the Nintendo one is kind of weird because it's it's Sort of an open world game, but it makes no sense. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, you, you're
3: <laughs> go, going around there in uh, Tatooine,
0: and, and it's impossible to find anything because it's got a huge map, and you're, you're yeah. flying around on the the land speeder. But but it's absolutely no way of knowing where you're supposed to go. No,
3: and when, R2D2 we... is like lost in a cave somewhere.
0: That is what I remember. That is, uh, uh, and yeah. oh god, <laughs> I'd, we, we should it's we should true. say uh, Indy. We have something which I'm now going to pull out uh, on this okay. because we are we are swedish pc gamer so when we do yeah. talk about console games we have to punitively uh, use the console rattle <laughs> okay. to remind ourselves <laughs> uh that we can't <laughs> talk about console games for too much but again i feel like it's hard kind of not to because the pc star wars games probably didn't start until i want to say 90s when they kind of became more prominent it was very much consoles I think the first one I played playing. was Dark Forces. X-Wing, Dark, Dark Forces, Forces, and TIE Fighters
2: were like the first really big PC games. And, well, Rebel Assault, but... Yeah,
3: Dark Forces was like... When you heard about it, it was like, it's like Doom, but Star Wars. Yeah,
2: but they didn't really hit the... Uh, that
3: was the thing I heard yeah, about. Yeah, they didn't
2: really hit the proper Star Wars forms until Jedi Knight, I thought. Yeah,
0: where they actually started feeling like Star Wars games and not just another game with Star Wars stuff on top yeah, of it. Yeah,
2: I mean, it. it felt like you could you could have... Yeah, you could have been friends with Han Solo. You were basically like this lovable rogue in the Star Wars universe, which was completely awesome. Yeah.
1: So, is that where it first really became not something trying to be Star Wars and actually being a Star Wars game to you? Is that like, as you said, you. Right. Felt you yeah, it became its own it. thing it in really the changed? Star Wars universe. Yeah. It's,
0: yeah. Because yeah. cool. I remember that, That's actually something that I remember from, from me growing up is that because until the prequel trilogy came out most of my exposure to star wars was through games and i kind of never really thought of them as the original movies as like the original thing that just was just a, a part of this whole big thing that was star wars and i never really realized that like some of the games i played had nothing to do with them like the like i remember playing dark forces and i just kind of assumed that those were characters from one of a film that I hadn't seen. Like, you know, like uh-huh. you didn't really you didn't really know the like, oh, there was only these three films and then there were these games made. It might have been a lot of people.
1: Yeah, oh, the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the best television in the history of television, I'll fight you. <laughs> With um, <laughs> no. I, I'm I'm gonna oh, I'm gosh.
0: gonna if I can drop a hot take on the uh, holiday special. I yeah. actually really, really love the b r for tatooine bar segment in that okay Mm -hmm. i think that is genuinely great
1: and i'm a huge b arthur fan in general just so you know i've always golden girls Maud, going back to the early 70s i know a lot of people make fun of b arthur because they and they make fun of her because they say she's ugly
0: can I, can they don't I just, do that about you know, you know, Danny you know, DeVito.
1: B. Arthur is one of the funniest people in history. You know what? This yeah. is
0: no. This is now a B. Arthur podcast from now on. <laughs> Yo, all I right. didn't notice. Yeah. I am a huge yeah. I am a huge B. Arthur fan, and I I yeah. will, I stand forever. Yeah, uh, I, right. I I absolutely yeah. But that's part of why I like it. Also, I also like that 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 special because that was made after the first film, so there wasn't yeah. really a sense of a Star Wars universe. Really, like mm. no like you look back at it now and it, it seems silly and like but like then it was just like oh that was a popular film let's make like a thing with the actors and then we'll add some comedians like we'll have art carney and you know br for come in and jefferson starship will play a song and it's just <laughs> i kind of love how how of its time it is but yeah
1: <laughs> but remember the reason they can't celebrate the feast day or the happy day or whatever is life because day they're, life they're, day they're life day thanks they're still under the <laughs> empire and that's the thing this stuff is banned, you know? Yeah. So there's still, even though it really, in in terms of visual and acting, it does suck green hairy donkey dicks. Um, <laughs> that's the nice way to put it. I can put it much worse than that. You still have to think, there is that undercurrent of oppression and fear and danger that might not come out, but you as the audience have seen Star Wars, and you should pick that up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
1: I bet they didn't think of that when they made it. <laughs>
0: Let's uh, let's revisit uh, the holiday special. I think it's uh, unfairly maligned. I mean, not really, but like in a fun
1: way. Well, okay. they might because yeah. you know a bunch of people are gonna watch it now and go, "What the hell?" Yeah, <laughs> he is, he is <laughs> the, Would you say the longest.
3: That the, that the game version of the holiday special is Kinect. <laughs> maybe
0: Uh, could very well be
3: maybe maybe
0: yeah oh my god Uh, yeah let's let's drop i I I like by the way i like by the way the how i stopped freddy from talking about yoda stories and then immediately brought us on to the holiday special Uh, (laughs) yeah well
3: then connect star wars i do i do rule
0: this podcast so uh, i get to decide uh, but yeah, I, I think Dark Forces was the one that I first remember being a big deal. And then I think it was the, yeah was it Jedi Knight was the was the sequel? That was the sequel, forces? yeah. Same guy. I mean, I don't, I don't think he had a name in, in
2: Dark Forces, but in, in Jedi Knight, he was Kyle Katarn.
3: Wasn't Jedi Knight, the first Jedi, Jedi Knight was called Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2 or something? Yeah, it was uh,
0: called I that when it came out. And then the second Jedi Knight uh, was Jedi Knight 2. Jedi, was it Jedi Outcast? I think that was Outcast. Now, Academy Academy was the third, I think. Yeah,
2: they were basically the same game, but I still played all of them multiple times. So they they did like a
0: Rambo with the titling there. Yeah. The the first, (laughs) they did Mm. drop the first (laughs) film's title eventually. Uh, But I remember that that one was a big deal for me. I mean, the the Jedi Knight was.
2: It had lightsaber duels. (laughs) I mean, lightsaber duels.
1: I got a question. I'm uh, thinking. I can't, and I don't know the answer. Maybe you know the answer. Um, okay, you had. I'm thinking of you know the the ships, the X-wing and Tie Fighter. You had X-wing. You had Tie Fighter. You had X-wing versus Tie Fighter. Those were like in the '90s. Have they done X-wing and Tie Fighter games since then? That I just missed. Is there a big X-wing or Tie Fighter game within the last 20 years?
0: No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think but, they've.
3: But, but, uh... but I have to say that I really like the Rogue Squadron games. So yeah,
2: they were played. a bit slightly more kind of arcadey insane. version.
1: Yeah, the first one I really like. Yeah, they're pretty good. Huh. Funny that there's been no X Wing TIE Fighter ones. That's interesting.
2: Yeah, there is there is a board game or or a tabletop game called X Wing, which I play regularly, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 Well it's that a miniatures it cool. game. So you buy a little X Wing and TIE Fighter and all kinds of ships and you you move them along with rulers and templates and stuff, and it's it's pretty damn cool.
1: That sounds that sounds right up my alley. Yeah, you should check it out. X Wing wow, the miniatures thanks.
0: game, I think it's called.
1: Okay, okay, cool, awesome.
0: Huh? There, there is a point yeah. there with, with the, uh, they, they kind of phased out a lot of the, uh, let's say, less less mainstream genres of games now. Like, they, they seem very focused on making action games out of Star Wars. You look at Battlefront, mm. uh, the upcoming Jedi Fallen Order is like an action adventure. But, but like in the 90s, up until the end of the 2000s, Star Wars was in every genre pretty much like you had strategy you mean games now
3: they're making EA games <laughs> yes <Maybe. laughs>
0: yeah. yes they they are that's basically where i wanted to end up on this because there used to be all of these games there were puzzle games there were racing games you had strategy games you had flight sims you had arcade games you had adventure games yeah. you had platform games like there're there very few genres that it didn't touch you had connect Wars <laughs> you had yes.
1: pinball you had Star Wars monopoly yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh. yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, and, no, but Star, Star Wars like chess. chess. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, oh God! I'm, oh, Star Wars chess. I'd forgotten about that. That was. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was, that was a was while ago. Cool. Yeah, was yeah cool. it
1: was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Man, I would, Yeah, Star Wars they, pinball.
0: Yeah,
2: they they were in all kinds of genres. I mean, I I remember actually. I probably still have it somewhere in a drawer, somewhere in the basement. But I, I wrote this huge design document of the ultimate Star Wars game, and it was basically like. Elite Dangers
0: with Star Wars stuff. Oh, wow. Like a really hard sci fi Star Wars. Yeah,
2: yeah. About Um, as hard, hardcore as you could get with Star Wars because you still have to have like spaceships that fly like World War II fighters and that kind of thing.
1: Well, how, how, how how into it did you get? How did, how, go, go into it a little?
2: No, it was basically just a game where you like flew around and traded if you're like a trader or you could, you could be a mercenary or you could fight for rebels or the empire. And there was a little bit of, Yeah, no, there's a little bit of role playing in the in the background too. Mainly, it was a sim light kind of thing.
1: Uh huh. But it sounded like sort of a sim version of I don't know. Do you know the game Traveler? It was like a Dungeons and Dragons role playing game. Yeah. That sounded like sort of like a a, yeah, like a sim version of Traveler, basically, because that's what Traveler. It might have been inspired
2: by it. Yeah, because I did play Traveler briefly.
1: Traveler was great. It was it was a it was too broad for like twelve and thirteen year olds, whereas D and D or Gamma World and stuff, you know, they worked for for twelve and thirteen year olds. Travel you really had to be like seventeen or eighteen if you because your character might be an international freighter or an inner an intergalactic freighter commander, and that's not a sexy job like warrior or or mage. Yeah.
2: You know, so. No, I, I mean I mainly spent my time like building spaceships and planets and stuff.
1: Yeah, but, with all the tables they had. Yeah, but that was cool. Man, I should start playing travel. That yeah, was cool. I'm gonna get back into Traveler. Uh, we'll have to do a podcast about Traveler one day when you have a podcast about old games.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, they did make a Traveler game, which is not great, uh-huh. but still was Traveler. So uh-huh. I played it. We, we do have. I don't a have sub, a set here. We do have a sub
0: podcast yeah. where we where we uh, discuss what games we think are the best games ever made. So if we ever do yeah, one like on Yoda Traveler. Stories. They, <laughs> no, Freddy. No, you're not allowed to talk about Yoda stories. I don't think I don't think that I think
2: it was his SSI. to made the Traveler uh, computer game that was sort of, it was loosely based on the role playing game, yeah. but it wasn't very good.
1: Okay, well, huh? No, I'm gonna go. I've got to run a couple errands um, uh, in the old town in about in about an hour, or so I'm I'm gonna go by the sci fi bookshop and pick up a Traveler. They must have Traveler there, so yeah, let's, start playing. Yeah, so. I
2: think there's at least two versions. Now I, I'm gonna start with the original you version. I played see, it. You
1: know, I want to start. I mean. You know, if I have to say the best game of all time, I I will still say Dungeons and Dragons and not because oh what version. No, there's no version. You can play Dungeons and Dragons with no books, with no dice, with no paper and no pen if you have to. You could sit around me and you and play Dungeons and Dragons and it'd be really fun. Cuz that whole point is it's just your imagination. I prefer having dice and tables and things like that cuz I'm a math nerd and stuff, but that's <laughs> you know, that's what I like about that, you know.
2: Well, it's storytelling. At least that's the way I ran it. But I mean, we had we had our own version of Dungeons and Dragons in Sweden, which everyone played. Drakar Mm. och demoner.
1: Yeah, I've never played. I've still never played Drakar demoner. You know.
2: Well, it wasn't based on Dungeons and Dragons. It was based on, Rulemaster, I think, something like that. Some old obscure game. But it was it was really really popular in my generation. We have to
0: invent a rattle for role playing games. I think because we've been on this for a bit longer than we're. I think I've, oh, oh, so our, yeah, our, let's, our let's move our on beloved uh, editor.
1: Let's let's go back to let's go back to Christmas with the Wookies. <laughs> <laughs> the role playing game.
0: Let's let's talk about Battle yeah. for Endor. Uh, but I think I want I just want to say that the, our beloved editor in chief is listening to this now, and his face is going red because he hates it when we go off talking about PC games, which is often why we do it, because we like to tease him a little bit. Uh, we <laughs> are
3: humans, Thomas. We are humans. We have to talk about uh, role-playing games and the stories. Yes, and stuff we like do. <laughs> yeah. Absolute
0: necessity. Uh, but I do think that there's a point that we're talking about uh, storytelling, which I think is interesting, because it feels to me that the two ideal genres, when it comes to games, of interpreting... Star Wars is either go very heavy on the story, or go very heavy in the opposite direction and go with just the the, the sort of the fights, the flying, you know that sort of thing, or you mm. do basically Knights of the Old Republic style uh, role playing storytelling because those are the ones that have seems to work the best that the people enjoy the most that have been more, most enduring over the years. So I'm I'm kind of bummed out that like in, nowadays they kind of seem to. Tr- Split the difference a little bit? Like, I, I do miss this kind of barrage of Star Wars games in every single genre imaginable. Yeah,
3: just a question. How How long does the EA have the license? Probably yeah. until the
0: end of time, because I don't imagine they would give it up yeah. at this point. Uh, but... i I don't even i don't mind them making the games they're making now i just i just wish that there was more you know i just feel like there's so much Uh, yeah i mean yeah there's so much you can do with this well i mean Uh, they have the the one they
2: have coming now seems pretty promising actually jedi fallen order which i mean i want another jedi knight just with more story and i it could be could be it uh, developed by is it respawn that are making it
3: yeah
0: who uh, yeah when does it come out uh i believe mid november
3: november 15 okay oh, well, i was spot think. on there yeah. wow
0: uh, uh, i think it's releasing actually the same day as the mandalorian comes out so it oh, okay. a hell of a hell of a weekend there
1: Oh yeah,
3: and, th- and then we have those Star Wars games that never came to be, like uh, Project Ragtag and Star Wars Thirteen Thirteen. Oh yes, you know? I don't think I know any of the ones yeah. that never
1: came to be. What are what, I? I don't, I don't think I know oh. any Star Wars games that never came, that never that were supposed ah. to come out that never did.
3: I mean, 1313, it will always, always be perfect in our minds.
0: <laughs>
1: well, yeah, because it was never yeah. released. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly.
3: And it was Lucas LucasArts who, who was making that one. So that was meant to be like a, a it,
0: grimy, like it was meant to sort of talk. It'd be about like the, the sort of criminal underground of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, but, and, okay.
3: and, and it felt like on that the gameplay, it, I think it was three gameplay videos released, and it felt like a bit like Uncharted.
2: Mm. okay i
1: would say a little bit yeah yeah.
2: which could be a great formula for a star wars game but
1: why why was it canceled why was it not released
0: Uh, it was canceled because uh lucas arts uh closed their doors Sadly, uh, didn't the, they
1: cancel it before they closed the doors?
0: Uh, maybe it was like a little bit earlier, props. maybe. But but yeah, I think it was part of that.
3: Yeah, they had some problems, and like, we
0: should talk yeah. about that because we haven't even mentioned Lucas Arts yet. Like nowadays, EA owns the rights to make games uh, about Star Wars, but prior yeah. to that, hmm. it was Lucas Arts. Games, isn't it weird that they never mm-hmm.
3: made a point and click adventure? This
0: is funny. It, 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 I love that you mentioned that because one of the questions I'm going to ask you guys later is if you could yeah. make any Star Wars games, mm-hmm. what would it be? And I was going to say a point and click adventure,
1: yeah, which, it, it that would, would be really fun. I mean, space, that would quest, be great, space, yeah.
0: Yeah, that'd be yeah.
1: cool. Wait, but do you want me to send, uh, uh, when we get off this, I'm going to send a text to a couple of people at EA and say, why don't you have a point and click Star Wars game, okay? <laughs> yeah. Look, I know the people. <laughs> I can at least ask and see what they say when they'll say that's stupid, probably. But it's not stupid. I'm gonna,
3: uh, Indy, I'm going to send you a list afterwards with with
1: all the genres I want to see. So you <laughs> okay. <laughs> send you want it, want a dating
0: game. We want uh Yeah. Okay, uh, okay
1: Now I didn't think, didn't know I wanted one until right now, but yeah, I want a Star Wars dating game. Totally. Uh, I want <laughs> the Sims Star Wars.
0: Oh. I mean, it's EA kind of do. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: Star Wars. That's I wonder yeah. if they, they must have considered that. I mean, they must yeah. have considered that.
0: Yeah. Oh my god, like, it's going to happen. That's interesting.
1: But I do I mean, think build
3: it- your own apartment on Coruscant and uh, your you in and Tatooine, you're um, a bit more mm, yeah, because you've
0: got basically Wars. limitless expansions because you can just release a new. Planet. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know the Sim Sims version of Hoth might not be so exciting somehow. <laughs> like, so oh, I'm gonna build mm-hmm. some ice over here, and then some ice over here, and then some ice over. <laughs> but the Sims, the Sims, the Death Star. Ooh, oh that yes. would be good. That, that would be great. Be yeah. Oh my god, that's a genius idea. Oh my god. Yeah. Better <laughs> than bet Coruscant, you, too.
0: I bet you we're gonna have some EA people listening to this and they are just going they're yeah. just frantically writing all this down now. I hope so. Remember probably. To
1: credit, me.
3: Remember, remember, we want EA. credit. Yeah,
1: yeah, we want credit. I, lots won't, of money. I won't do the voices unless you give us some credit. We don't need money, we just want credit.
3: Yeah. I need money,
1: but Okay, yeah. money's money's <laughs> cool as well. Money's cool <laughs> yeah. as well. Okay. But if they said we'll give you credit but we won't give you money, would you say um no, I'll stay then they say okay then you get nothing. See oh, uh, be cool with that. Uh, okay. no, no, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, that yeah. that
0: seems to be that seems to be the most likely I just outcome. want to
3: same Star Wars now.
0: Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I was jumping ahead a little bit. But yep. yes, I, I do agree. But because Lucas Arts was most known for their point and click adventure games, yeah. mm. they never ma- they did make two Indiana Jones games. They never made a Star Wars one. Uh, they did also make one based on the David Bowie film Labyrinth, they which did. is uh, a hell of a thing. Yeah. That was that. actually their first. That was actually their first, not only their first licensed game. It was their first point and click game. How so could that is, I have um,
3: that? I love Labyrinth.
0: So, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. I'd actually, I would actually remember uh, I wrote a, quite a long article about the history of LucasArts, uh, which meant I had to read the book on the company, which I can't remember the name of now. Uh, but I do remember that in the foreword, which is written by George Lucas, he talks about his sort of uh, idea of when he formed that studio. And he was saying that early on, he didn't want them to make games based on the pre-existing films. Okay. which is why it took them so long to actually make Star Wars games and Indiana Jones games. That is where that studio ended up. But he was basically saying that he wanted to create original stories and he wanted to have people who were storytellers, which is why you got so many great story narrative-driven games out of that studio mm-hmm. during the 20 or 30-so years that they were, they were going. So... Uh, and it's, it's it's sad that they they did eventually end up where they did, uh, and they closed uh, closed down what, in two thousand thirteen, if I remember correctly. Like that, yeah. Uh, the last game they did. Can anyone guess? Oh. What Lucas Hart?
1: It was r- wait. R- it return, like... return to return to return to return to Monkey Island. Yeah, that was my <laughs> no. That was going to be my guess. Escape from Monkey Island, maybe. No, it can't be the last. You one they you, did. Have men- you have
0: mentioned. You have mentioned. You have mentioned this game already. Joda stories? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> connect. Connect. Star Wars. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: oh god, that was almost as. Uh, yeah. Joda stories. Connect. So, ha- Star Wars. So Han Solo,
0: Han Solo dancing is the last thing that was ever released out of that classic. Going studio. out with a bang. Although I mean, um, if you look at
2: Wikipedia, which I did, which is why I didn't answer that. Uh, the last game listed there is Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, which I'm way more comfortable with being it? their last game. But that's GT
0: <laughs> but that, games. That, that would have been after they that would have been after they closed down, surely.
2: Yeah, twenty sixteen. I guess they had the publishing deal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh maybe, maybe it's but, but to be fair, Disney did buy the name, so maybe they released it under that banner. Yeah, but they, they did probably. some like publishing stuff.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Now I never
1: played any Lego Star Wars. Was it was that good?
3: mm Really, really, really. Yeah, nice
1: they're yeah, really they're very good. Charming. They're
2: yeah. very charming. Yeah. And games. I, mean, I love the LEGO quite movies. as good as the yeah. Harry Potter games, but almost.
3: I love the Harry Potter
2: games. Yeah, they're they're the best Lego games. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: We do actually have a, an upcoming one. They're releasing the Skywalker Saga. Th- that's LEGO really Star interesting
3: because they're going back. They're not going to do releasing the the ones in a new packet because they they are doing remakes of the previous Lego Star Wars games.
0: Hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So they're redoing the whole the yeah, whole series uh, in one. But they're really charming little games. They mm-hmm. they basically they do the the films basically scene by scene but with lego figures so it has a lot of like really charming kind of slapstick humor and stuff yeah uh, yeah. because the
3: first one where they didn't have any voices those are the best one that's real slapstick yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah. it's all visual storytelling yeah i love those games and the the best one that i've played was they did the lord of the rings games where they had the actual voices from ripped directly from the film Mm -hmm. but all of the scenes were basically like, they were almost like Naked Gun type parodies of the scenes. (laughs) So so you would have like the actual voices, so they're they're completely deadpan, but then there's all of this like visual comedy added onto them. You know, it's it's a really, really charming, really cute little Mm -hmm. thing. I think, uh, I'm really looking forward to what they're going to do with the... uh... How they're gonna cover all the Last Jedi stuff? That's yeah, it's gonna, gonna be, be nice fun to because see. the be fun. Lego
3: games, the last Lego games have been kind of lazy. So they're going back and doing all the Star Wars movies, I think that could be a good thing to do. That could be really yeah. cool if they're
1: as good as you say. That's awesome. Well, wow.
0: I want there was one uh, there was uh, Benny who is one of our colleagues and uh, cherished friend uh, who wanted us to nah. say that he believes that <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic is <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic is the best game ever made. So I feel we should at least well, say that it's, so it was good. I complain actually, about it? <clears throat>
3: yeah, I played that one like maybe ten years bef- uh, after it was released, so I wasn't there like when it was new and everybody was talking about it. But I really liked it. I mean, it was it was old when when I got to it, but the twist in that game is one of the best.
2: Yeah, well, it's one of the better role playing games for sure. I mean, it's it's a bit clunky to play, but the story and yeah, yeah it's really good but I, I actually i thought the the old republic was really good as well cuz i mean up to level yeah. 10 you had a totally unique story for each type of character you could play yeah. as and it, it was that's
3: one of the online role playing games which i which i played the most i think maybe yeah. like 50 50 hours or so i think i played
2: that one well you only had to okay. play up to level 10 then you could start a new character and try another class cuz after that mm-hmm. it was all the same and kind of boring but yeah
0: yeah, well, how, we had... that Because that was one of the... That was an online role-playing game. Yeah. Uh, and then they had Star Wars Galaxies as well, didn't
2: they? Yeah, but that was totally... That was more of a World of Warcraft with Star, star Wars skin kind of thing. Oh, okay. And
1: I have a question for oh, friend, Benny, obviously. your friend Benny, about the best game ever, actually, going to the role-playing thing. Because well, that was, like... That was the early 2000s, yeah? Something like... That was... Right?
0: Yeah, I want to say 2003, so, yeah. probably.
1: Right. And that was... Okay, Uh, Going back to Heroes of Might and Magic and stuff. I mean, Heroes 2 and then Heroes 3 came out in like, what, 98, 99, which I still think is the best, not just role playing game, but best video game of all time. And apart from Yoda stories, apart from Yoda stories, absolutely, <laughs> and apart yeah. from Lego Christmas with the Wookies, mm, yeah. <laughs> there you go. No, but um, uh, I uh, I'm curious what Benny actually thought of the role because I mean, I I love the role playing technique uh, in, in in Heroes Three of all the heroes, but I played the later ones and the graphics got better and but it was never better. It was it, they, mm. they, they were worse games even though they were quote better games. You know what I mean. Like yeah three i is think when it three really, was probably the, the pinnacle that's when it really 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 nailed it i was cleaning out some stuff in my house and i found five uh yesterday and i'm like well, i'm not gonna play that uh if i was gonna play now i would still want to play three even going back but i'm curious what when, Benny did, when did ubisoft
3: of that. swoop in was it like six or seven no 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 it was six still, it came still, out a
1: couple years ago i think it was it yeah, was good it was great the Ubisoft name was still on on three. Ubisoft was still on three. I I remember it on the screen. Ubisoft. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember uh-huh. seeing that. I don't know about two. I don't know if it was on two or not on two, but it was on three. And and this was you know there's there's two different series. There was although they were both heroes of might and magic. There was the one that was the first person one, and then there was the you know the role player. You you know you build your city and you point and click, and that, that's Heroes three versus. They're both called Heroes of Might and Magic 3. It's very confusing. But I'd like to. uh, I'm curious what Benny thinks of the Heroes 3. Are you snoring?
0: Who? (laughs) No, it's my cop. I'm like, are you snoring, really?
1: It was only like a minute and a half rant about my favorite game of all time, and you're snoring. That's why we'll never have a guest again.
0: No R- Ralph agreed with you so much that he started playing Okay cool okay he nice Heroes 3 That uh, was good
1: I will say this I had two two girlfriends in a row one in the late 90s one in the early 2000s neither of whom were gamers ever in their life but both of them picked up Heroes 3 on my computer and both of them played it I mean endlessly you know 15 yeah. hour marathons of that it's that good a game that it, it'll suck you in if you've never if you don't give a crap about games you will play that game Rome, yeah? Okay. yeah, I had much the same experience Yeah, okay. I had a girlfriend,
2: go. pick that up, and love it.
1: Well, if he thinks Knights of the Old Republic does that, then I'm impressed.
0: <laughs> I really thought you were just going to say, yeah, "I had a girlfriend." once. Just, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just leave
1: that there. Just, just leave that there. No, really. She, really, she lived did. in. She
0: lived in Canada, and <laughs> she lived in Canada, and you know, but you wouldn't know her, but. Uh, but yeah, ben, Benny, you've you've been called out. You now have to uh, defend your honor. Um, I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah. He be Surely here. he doesn't That's have any honor. <laughs> yeah, it should be. Yeah, well, we'll it should be easy, interesting to see how he how he responds to that. Anyway, but yeah, I think what what, what were we even talking about? I, we were talking about Nice of the Real Republic, yes, I yes. believe. What, what what other games like has have you um, do you find have been like stuck with you in this uh, this series? Good or bad, I suppose. Because there's been some really bad ones, too. We haven't really touched on many of them.
3: I mean, the first um, episode one, The Phantom Menace, uh, I think it was released on PC as well, but I remember it as a really bad PlayStation game. (laughs) It probably Uh,
0: was. I I just remember actually now when you said... I remember now one one of the uh, infamous bad Star Wars games... Mm is um, Star Wars Masters of Taras Kese.
3: Oh, that's fighting, a beat-em-up game.
0: Which was a crappy Street Fighter rip-off. I never him, saw this one. Star and, Wars saun-
3: and, the, and the title sounded really, like, Finnish.
0: Uh, it is Finnish. It is Finnish for uh, Iron Fist. <laughs> oh, it yes. is Finnish. Somehow that doesn't surprise mm. me. <laughs> which is funny because... Uh, Taras means Iron Fist. I believe Benny might uh, correct me there, but I believe that's true, which is also what Tekken means. So it is actually ah. technically, it's the same name as Tekken. That's,
3: uh, but yeah, that Tekken. was a bad game.
0: That was a bad, 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 bad game. It was not a good one. I, I liked it back in the day. They kind of just swung for the fences, which is as long as you had Star Wars on it, they kind of threw it out. And, and it just, I love how you get this wide span of some really really amazing games and some really really terrible ones that you just kind of wonder why did they even think this was going to work in the first place yeah they don't really take those risks I anymore I kinda... they should do
3: they they should really do total war star wars
0: oh that, my god you can do like be... the gungan fight from episode one
3: yeah and, uh, and have all the politics and stuff that, and... that would be cool yeah. I, I, I that actually would actually be
1: pretty be cool. cool yeah Or even an Axis and Allies version of Star Wars. That would be really cool. I would play an Axis and Allies version of Star Wars. They They haven't done that already? That would be so cool. Not uh, not as far as I know. I have
3: have realized during this uh, podcast that the best Star Wars games are the ones that have never been made. (laughs) Well, (laughs) yeah. Like like 10 awesome awesome
0: games. Freddy, Freddy, the best ones are going to be the ones made. As a response to this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Changing
1: changing history. That's what we do. Yeah. That's what mm. we do. But let me ask. I got a question for you guys. Okay. Because um, I'm assuming that you'll know this. Because this is something. I cannot answer this question. But I think maybe you guys can. Of the, um, of the games that are specifically based on a specific film. Because there is, you know, Phantom Menace games. And there is uh, Return of the Jedi games what do you think of and, and let's maybe it's too early to say about the last few films but the, let's say the first two trilogies right of the games that are specifically based on those what do you think of them in terms of which ones are okay and which ones kind of suck i don't i mean know. is there one do you oh. do you think oh boy uh, uh the, the clones clones were great or the phantom Menace was great I mean i I don't mean just pod racing I mean the one that's specifically based mm. on 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 the I mean the one I actually played
3: are like the the ones I talked about before like um uh the NES games and S- super nintendo games like and and I have a soft spot for the first star wars game uh, I think it was just called star wars the nes it would not called a new hope or yes, anything just like ours. that because it, it, it was it was like at that time when you just you, you had you could afford a game like once in a half a year or something like that and even though even though i didn't love it i played it a lot
2: because uh, it's all you had
3: yeah, yeah it, it was all i, I didn't I couldn't go to Steam like to buy three other games and stuff like that, so I I, I was stuck with yeah. that. But was it better than Empire Strikes Back on
1: NES? Ooh,
0: I,
3: was that even That's released on question. NES? I, I remember. It, on it Super was. Nintendo. It was. There it was there okay. definitely I, was an Empire Strikes Back. I didn't Strike play that game. one. I didn't play that one. I, I played the trilogy on the Super Nintendo and the first one on NES. And I have. I remember. I had.
0: The ones I played were the ones, they did a series of them uh, called, uh, they were just called Super, so they were called Super Star Wars, Super Empire Strikes Back, and Super Return of the Jedi, Mm. which is very (laughs) clunky, but they were all for the Super Nintendo, Uh, Mm -hmm. and I believe they were made by Acclaim, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. And
3: they were really And they were actually pretty good. Yeah, they were really similar to each other Mm -hmm. as well, so...
0: Yeah, yeah, they were basically just the same game, but they yeah. had the different uh, environments and characters from the films. But they were, they were like they were decent platform games. But like you, mm, yeah. you could basically just take out the Star Wars stuff, and you wouldn't. Did they have like well.
3: the NES one? Did Did they have like uh, these um, space levels where, where from the first person perspective?
0: I want to say yes. I, I think, think they so they as, used they uh, had. Uh, yeah. um, They had those kind of three D sections where you had like you were on the land speeder and then you were flying in a. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they might even have had a falcon bit, uh, because it was the Mode Seven stuff from the Super Nintendo days. Uh, But those, I remember, I remember those very fondly because they were really well they were really well made and they had they had voice acting from the films. They had all the music. I think they even had some original music that was in the same Mm -hmm. vein. Uh, So those two, those three, are probably the ones that I have the fondest memories for. Uh, they're really, yeah. They were just they were, they were just a cut above, like all the other ones. But, but I feel like that's the thing. Like it took a while until they started making games consistently that felt like Star Wars before. Without them just being like, let's put Star Wars stuff into yeah, that's another thing. game. That's basically.
1: yeah, that's 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 the difference. That's the jump. That's the leap of faith that they need to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I liked any
0: yeah.
2: games based on the movies. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I I haven't played uh, si- since since that time. I haven't played like the the prequel trilogy in any way apart from the Lego yeah. Star Wars. But um, no.
0: I actually did play the the pod racing game quite a bit, and I feel like that qualifies. Pod racers you know,
1: yeah. by themselves is a cool thing. You know, pod racers were cool. Yeah, It's like the only cool thing from that movie, really. Yeah,
2: Sorry. Pretty much. Uh,
0: There's <laughs> a, there a, there a pretty significant rumor that those were added mainly so that they could make a racing game.
1: Great they, idea. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Great idea.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I think the best game based on the movies is Revenge of the Mutant Camels by Jeff Minter.
1: It's basically an a t a t right I have yeah yeah. I mean if that's what a camel I, yeah, absolutely is absolutely no idea what you know what i I just learned how to ride a camel in August actually, so i'm and and I had to spend because um the, i can't say what it is, but the next sabaton video that comes out this has nothing to do with the t v show I was cast as an actor as um as Lawrence of Arabia in the uh in the video yeah. right Ooh. so for filming filming, we went to Tunisia to the desert. And I had to spend three days on camel. I'd never ridden a camel before. And I had three different camels. And I I got pretty good at it after three days. It's higher up than – I'm from Texas. So, of course, I could ride horses and stuff. But I got to say, after three days, I think I enjoy riding camels more than I enjoy riding horses. (laughs) Yeah. It's a a different balance. Sorry to completely hijack your podcast. Yeah, I should know. It it probably didn't
2: hurt that you were basically on Tatooine, right?
1: Um, we were we were we were about hundred and fifty kilometers from Tatooine, the actual village and stuff, but we didn't we wanted to go there, but we there was no time during filming to actually mm-hmm. go there and stuff, which is a shame because I would have liked to go there. But the um the assistant director on the crew, he was Tunisian, it was Tunisian film crew, and he and I were talking and he broke into film with uh, the Phantom Menace. Uh he 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 was a he was a, he wasn't a director or assistant or anything like that. But when they were filming stuff, um his job And imagine this is your job, was especially when they'd have larger buildings, he'd have to go in like 20 minutes before with big lights and get rid of the snakes and the scorpions (laughs) so that they could film. That's how he (laughs) broke into the film world. And now he was the assistant director of a Sabaton music video.
2: Yeah, it's gone pretty far.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, plenty of time. No, but uh, I got to say, I'd never worked with the Tunisian film crew before. And they were brilliant. I mean, they were as good as the Swedish or you know California, whatever. Um, probably cheaper, I suppose. But you know, you, if you're going to, you, it's a, it's a, it's a big film industry there. I, and I knew that objectively, but I didn't know that realistically until I actually worked with the film crew.
2: Yeah, because anyone who wants to shoot desert scenes basically go there. right?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, 'cause that's that is where the uh, they still have the original Luke's uh, homestead yeah, I think in they do. Tunisia, isn't it? That that's still there.
1: It's cool. I
0: I think that's a hotel now, even. I, I
3: mean that place looks really, really nice. I I, I always like that part of the movie with Aunt Peru and they're yeah. having breakfast or something. It feels like uh, I could live there, yeah.
0: It just does feel very, very this is what we were talking about right at the beginning, but it just that genuinely does looks like and uh, otherworldly sure but still like a place where like people yeah, would it was live, great yeah? world like building just mm-hmm. and it had and you feel that yeah yeah, exactly you feel that from the beginning that like there's nothing stagey about it it just yeah. feels like it exists yeah. and it's kind of run down a bit and you know it's dusty and all that And that's kind of what they missed you know with the prequel trilogy a lot is that everything there feels so manufactured and artificial and yeah. you don't get that kind of sense of this being a very authentic world where people actually exist in like when the cameras aren't on well
1: how about this this was um the best description of why the original trilogy was better than the second trilogy whatever you thought of the films it wasn't on my i think i want to say it was on crack but i don't think it was it was because people there was an explanation but um because I want to give credit where credit's due. And they sat down and they polled a bunch of people and they asked them about characters from the first trilogy. They're like, so what's Han Solo like? Ah, oh, he's a rogue, you know, he's he's a good guy, but, you know, in the, you know, go on for a minute about what Han is like. Even the robots, or the droids, sorry. What's R2-D2 like? Ah, oh, he's scrappy, funny, you know. And then they'd ask them about characters from the second uh, trilogy. They'd be like, what's, um, what's uh, Amidala like? Um... <laughs> They don't have, they don't, they never, they never develop their character. They don't actually have full three-dimensional character personalities like Han Solo and like, like even R2-D2 and stuff. You know, these, these are fully developed characters. And I think that's very interesting.
3: I mean, the love story with uh, with Anakin and Amidali was like days of our
2: story. Oh, that was horrible. It was
3: weird. <laughs> yeah. the,
1: the acting and their love story was like it was a porn movie before they got down to it. That's what the, <laughs> yeah. that's how wooden the acting <laughs> I was, that was yeah. between I feel, them. I feel a bit sorry you for know? Hayden
2: Christensen, though. I mean, that basically blew his entire career.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I do think
0: yeah. it, it, that is something I, I want to. First of all, I want to say that the what you're talking about f- is from the Red Letter Media Plinkett review okay. of okay. the uh, original. So uh, that's where that's from. Uh, but it, I want to say also with uh, people tend to give Hayden Christensen and Jake yeah. Lloyd, for that matter, a mm. lot of crap for the prequel films. But you have actors that we all know are great actors being terrible in those films. I think it's
2: pretty much universally acknowledged that it's the directing, not the acting.
1: But but it's not just the directing. The editing is not very good either. And that kills jokes. That kills humor. That really... I see that, Mm -hmm. especially the more and more that I ended up working with, like, you know, more hands-on with YouTube. I I genuinely see how much a fantastic joke the the actors can deliver it brilliantly and it'll just fall flat. I was watching an episode of The Good Place um, the other night. And it was a brilliant joke. Well, what what's his name? Um, what was name? Ted Danson. Sem, sem, yeah, Ted Danson. Yeah. And but they cut the perspective to the other actor in the middle of it, and it's not funny. It's not funny at all. But if I turned to you and said it, you'd go, "Oh, that's really funny." And it and yeah. I, I think I think the editing was in large part responsible for the ruination of Phantom Menace and for Hayden Christensen's performance.
2: Uh, no, I I just listened to a podcast called uh, Blockbuster, which is all about the first star wars and jaws and how they were made and the original star wars the first movie was basically completely unwatchable
0: until lucas's uh,
2: wife fixed yeah, it in editing. yeah yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: yeah there's actually a really great uh, video on youtube about that i think it's called something like how star wars was saved in editing yeah. where they 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 have the old the old cut of the trench run uh, and they basically show it all in one go. And it is is acting. It has no tension, nothing. And one interesting part of that is that in the original version, in the original cut of Star Wars, they were not going to use the Death Star during the trench run. So if you look at that film now, everything where they mention that they're powering up the Death Star, that was all added in editing. Mm. You never see a character actually say anything to do with that in the film. It's all voiceovers, it's all ADR'd. Wow. Because they were like, there's no tension to this. Because like, if, if they're not about to be attacked or destroyed by the Death Star there's no time limit and in fact luke fails the first time he just goes round and does it again and then succeeds yeah. and marcia lucas to her credit just looked at that and went this isn't exciting this is a really boring way to end this movie and yeah. she just completely chopped it all up and made it into one of the most iconic yeah. scenes in film oh, history yeah. oh, well, she saved uh, the
2: entire movie but basically
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And she did get an Oscar for it, so... Yeah. Yeah.
2: I gotta say, though, the one most surprising fact to me about that movie is that the Death Star Trench does not run along the equator. It
1: doesn't? I didn't know that. It runs
0: from pole to pole. Yeah. You can see it on the model, but...
1: (laughs) I didn't know that. Gosh, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. Uh, We've we've been on for a little while now, so I kind of feel like we should start to wrap this up i I actually have to get (laughs) going thank you goodbye yeah you're you're a busy man and we've already taken an hour and a half of your time i do want to end up by kind of looking into the future very quickly what are we looking forward to in star wars to come we've obviously got the episode 9 coming we've got the game and everything what are we kind of what are we looking forward to and what would we like to see from it, I think, Indy, you can go first because uh, okay,
1: well, makes sense. The, the, okay, in the last couple, um you know, I liked Snoke as a character, right? I liked that, but and I loved his death. I did. I thought it was clever, and that was that. Okay, these, this, these, this trilogy, right? These are the first Star Wars movies where people use trickery, subtlety, and deceit. Like, like when Poe is like just keeping him talking while things are going and stuff, you know, that didn't happen in the first three movies. Mm. If you, you say, I am going to destroy this. You fly and try to destroy this. Nobody tried to trick anybody or deceive them in any way, except for this fully operational Death Star. Okay, that was okay. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, that was pretty cool. But there were five or six occasions, especially in, in The Last Jedi, where, well, especially Luke, I mean, that's, you know, that just, you know, the, him projecting himself. That's trickery. They never use that. I'm looking forward to more trickery, but the problem I had with the Snoke thing was I loved his character. I loved how he was starting. I didn't like that he died so quickly after we got to know him. So I'm assuming, I don't know. I don't know. I want to see, I like a bad guy to develop. The Emperor was such a good bad guy because he was always there, always in the background pulling the strings. It took forever to get to him. So I yeah. I want to see I want to see more subterfuge and more trickery because I think that's what really separates the last two from the first six is that it, it is another dimension. It's an added dimension to the films that did not exist before. Right. And that's what I see in the films. That's what I want to see.
0: That's, a, that's mm-hmm. a cool. I like that you, you kind of went the conceptual route there with like mm-hmm. thematics more than uh, anything specific. But I totally agree. I think that it is interesting to compare all of the three trilogies to each other and see how they've kind of evolved the, the storytelling language of the series over the years. Uh, Mats, what would you like if you could, if you could do anything with the Star Wars franchise? I'm
2: enjoying all this, like this wave of Star Wars just washing over us right now. I mean, there's, there's movies, there's TV shows. I loved Rebels. Uh, there's uh Comics, which are great, all the ones I've read are great, and the one thing that's kind of missing is a good Star Wars game. So that's mm. something I'm really hoping for, mm. and and I mean, basically, I want another <laughs> Jedi Knight with more character development and more story. That's that's all I want.
0: You're hoping for full in order to kind of deliver that a little bit.
2: Yeah, I'm sort of cautiously optimistic. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I understand yeah. Freddy. What
0: about you?
3: Oh, if I could get one thing, which is impossible, I would bring Carrie Fisher back.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. One
3: <laughs> yeah. But we can't. So Oof. I hope we get a good, a good send off in episode nine. Uh, a wordy send off. And uh, like we said before, I would like to have more games like in different genres, like point and click strategy the same star wars mm-hmm. i
1: have to name that
0: one again yeah yeah we need that yeah yeah i'm i'm going to say i'm going to say that too point, I'll, really I'll go with point, and, like click point and click actually and click too
1: point and click would be yeah. I, I would really like to see that especially if it was tricky if you if if you had the subterfuge from the last last uh, movies and stuff that's what i that's what i'm trying
0: mm-hmm. to do you can make it pretty cheaply too to the i'm gonna say this i'm gonna give a very specific recommendation now to mm. the ea representative who's listening to this and furiously <laughs> taking notes <laughs> hire hire what i to make this game they make the best oh. point-and-click games in the world right now they've made every single game they've made over the past 10 years is a classic pretty much yeah Get, just give them the star wars license and let them make point-and-click games so, I, that's that's going to be my a yeah, yeah. really good one. They, they,
3: they shouldn't lock the Star Wars license to one developer. I mean, yeah. th- that's yeah. the strength yeah. of for, Star for it Wars. A it, bit. Could, it could be so much more.
0: Yeah. Yeah, throw yeah. it around a little bit. Yeah. Star Wars, I think what we can end on is that Star Wars really is for everyone. No matter if you like strategy games yeah. or story or you want you know anything you want. You want action. Star Wars is genuinely for everyone. Yeah. And I think we're hopefully going to get to a point where that's reflected in games as well i mean
3: give me more christmas (laughs) (laughs) special yes wait did it it come out Uh, in
1: 79 because it is 40 years from then if it yeah because
2: it's it's about time
1: a new one maybe maybe we just don't know maybe there is one coming out this christmas and we just don't know yeah
3: maybe episode nine is a smoke screen
1: you know the thing is it'd be christmas with the gungans it'd be something like that christmas with the gungans i would not like to (laughs) watch
2: no
0: Oh, God. Christmas with. It's going to be like Christmas with. uh, Oh, God. Like General Hux or something. Nobody.
1: Okay. Actually, Uh, that. Okay. I would totally watch that. (laughs) That would be great. You know, you get angry about everything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He'd like, be trying to put up the lights, and it turned out that the one, because the bulbs wouldn't light on the tree, and he's destroying the house, it turned out that the, the, the broken <laughs> light bulb was the replacement bulb the whole time that he was trying to fix and all. Oh. See? that? See? Ah, so, okay, I think you yeah, have something yeah, there, yeah, yeah. feel free to...
0: Yeah, call us, call us, call us, call us. Uh, but that, that's it for this episode of Spielroom, and I'm now going to switch back into Swedish. Tack så mycket för att ni har lyssnat. Uh, ni som har uh, hängt med oss ikväll Tack så är hemskt, hemskt, hemskt mycket, vi älskar er Vi finns på pskvm.se Och på Facebook och Instagram Det där vet ni väl och det jag behöver inte gå igenom det Vi som har varit och pratat om Star Wars Och annat ikväll, det är jag Rickard Olsson Med mig så har vi haft Fredrik Eriksson <skratt> uh, Mats Nylund Hej då Och absolut, inte minst uh, Tack så hemskt mycket Indy Nidell för att du var med
1: uh, I guess I have to be really American And go like, yo 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 thanks yo It's going out to my homies in the county lockup Man, my respect <laughs>
0: I would prefer if you gone like more Texas. Oh
1: hi y'all! Like, it was really cool, y'all. Uh, Nay, y'all can hear Texas Svenska eller uh They were so, ooh, they were ooh. so yet the cool bar hairy dog. <laughs> they were sweet, bro. Uh, y'all yell a proto I'm grinding us crazy. Go out on grinding Creek. crazy. Yeah, yeah. I would prefer yeah. more
3: overturned fist. That's me. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Next time.
1: Next time. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Next time on Spelrum, mer oretorn Quiz Hej då allihopa. Vi hörs om en månad. Hej då. Puss och kram.